your daughter? Yeah. How old is your daughter? She's blonde. She's blonde. She's blonde. How long ago was it? I don't know. I just tell the notes. And my daughter is it the same sugar? What? Is it the same sugar? I don't know. There's a, there's a ransom note here. It's a ransom note? It says FBTC. Victory. What's your name? Are you happy? I'm the lover. Oh my God! Please. I'm, okay, I'm sending an officer over, okay? Please. Do you know how long she's been gone? No, I don't. Please, we just got out. Is she right here? Oh my God, please. Okay, well, is I am, honey. Please. Take a deep breath. Please, please. Okay. hurry, hurry. Kathy, 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 Kathy. Hi. What's up, my weird friends? It's me, Batman. So if you're wondering who this strange voice is, it's still me. I've been so, so sick, you guys, and I do not say that lately. So apologies on the delayed upload. I lost my voice fully for about four days. I am recovering from laryngitis, so... Apologies if my voice isn't the soothing voice that you were hoping for. Everyone in my life was probably really happy that I finally shut up for four days. But I didn't want to miss this week's episode, and I have some really exciting things planned for the month of December, and so I'm here. Apologies for sounding like a teenage boy going through puberty, but you are not going to want to miss this episode. Just a quick disclaimer that I didn't plan on adding into this episode, but I just wanted to tell you guys that I appreciate each and every single one of you, and I respect each and every single one of your opinions, and I am open to constructive criticism. But with that being said, I do not tolerate bullies, so please be respectful if you're writing a review. There is no need to hurt somebody's feelings to make yourself feel superior. If this isn't the content that you like to hear, then I kindly ask you to just not listen and save the hurtful comments. I think the world would be a much happier place if everybody was a little bit more kind and aware of how much their words may affect somebody's day. So my challenge for you today is to go give somebody a compliment. Tell somebody that you like their shoes or their hair and try to make somebody feel good. Just be kind, you guys. That's all I ask. Since I had a themed episode for Halloween, and I did have a listener who mentioned covering this particular case around Christmas time, it took place Christmas night, a very well-known high-profile murder case, just in time for Christmas too. So I am dedicating this entire month to this case. Lord knows it has so much detail to cover, still unsolved going on 24 years now this Christmas. I know. I know what you're thinking. Spit it out already, Rach. 
I'm guessing you already know from my intro. This is the murder of America's little beauty queen, Sean Benet Ramsey. I mentioned this case before in my intro episode to my podcast. I was three years old when this case took place. The year was 1996. I was very young, but very haunted by this little girl's face plastered on every newspaper and news channel that you could find. This exact case is what sparked my very interest in true crime murder mysteries back before all the cool kids were talking about it. I've followed this case for 23 years, anxiously waiting for closure, for the puzzle pieces to finally fit. However, unfortunately, this case is nowhere near closure, and this case still keeps me up at night with so many questions. Boulder, Colorado is where we are taken to this week, located in Boulder County, 25 miles northwest of Denver right at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. Elevation is 5,430 feet above sea level. Home to the state's largest university, University of Colorado Boulder, home of the CU Buffs. Population is 103,166. Boulder is known for its art and culture and has won about every lifestyle award possible, some including happiest, healthiest, greenest, and brainiest. Such high demand comes with a price. Median income is 92226 per year. Median home value is priced at 400000 rounded up. According to the BoulderRealEstateNews.com, multiple offers on a home is the new normal. Boulder fix and flips are profitable, as well as marijuana is legal, but may impact your property and its value. However, back in 1996, Boulder looked a lot different. Back then, no one thought, especially in this community, that something this horrendous could happen here. Things like this just didn't happen. But oh, how something did happen. Something that nobody seen coming. Sean Benet, Patricia Ramsey born August 6, 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia. Sean Benet was the second-born child to John and Patsy Ramsey, following her older brother, Burke. She was named after her parents, John Bennett and mother Patricia, who went by Patsy. Sean Benet was an outgoing little beauty queen who loved being the center of attention, as her mother described her. 
She had bouncy blonde hair, bright blue eyes, and a big smile. She competed in many beauty pageants from a very young age. She won numerous titles, a few being Little Miss Colorado, National Tiny Miss Beauty, and Little Miss Christmas. The Ramsey family moved from Atlanta to Boulder, Colorado in 1991 for John Ramsey's business opportunity. A little background of her parents, her family dynamic, and upbringing, Jean Benet was described as having the best of everything. A very comfortable lifestyle and anything a little girl could dream of. Her father, John Ramsey, was a multi-millionaire businessman. He was born in Lincoln, Nebraska, went on to attend school in Michigan. He graduated in 1966 from Michigan State University with a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. John then went on to join the Navy that same year. He served as a Civil Engineer Corps officer in the Philippines for three years. Later, he served an additional eight years from an Atlanta Reserve Unit. In 1889, John formed Advanced Product Group, which was one of three companies that then merged to become Access Graphics, a computer service company. John became president and chief executive officer of Access Graphics. He was a very wealthy, powerful man. His net worth as of May 1st, 1996 was $6.4 million. However, Patsy wasn't his first marriage. She came second to his first failed marriage to Lucinda Pash. Together had three children The eldest daughter, Elizabeth, was 22 years old when she died in a car accident in 1992. John married Patricia Pa in 1980. Patricia, or Patsy, was born in Gilbert, West Virginia. She attended West Virginia University, was a part of a sorority, and graduated with a BA in journalism in 1978. She herself was a beauty pageant queen. She won the title of Miss West Virginia in 1977. Patsy was 23 when she and John Ramsey were married, November 5th, 1980. Burke was first born January 27th, 1987. He was nine years old at the time of his sister's death. Jean Benet's life came to a tragic end incredibly too soon at only six years old. I wanted to kind of give you a rundown of the layout of the Ramsey home. I think it's very important to consider in this case. The Ramsey's Boulder home appears much smaller from the front angle than the back, which stretches onward and upward. The home has four levels, including the basement. Jean Benet had a second floor bedroom with a beautiful balcony. Down the hall is Burke's bedroom, And above Burke's bedroom on the third floor is where the parents' bedroom is located. There is a spiral staircase leading from the second floor down to the first floor. A fun fact, there are nine outside doors on the home and 104 windows. 100 of those opening up to the outside. December 25th, 1996. 
Christmas Day in Boulder, Colorado. The day started out as any Christmas day. Shambhani got a new bike for Christmas. She played with all of her new toys that day, while older brother Burke went down the street to a friend's house to play with his new toys and gadgets. Later that evening, the Ramsey family made their way to a family friend's home, the Whites, for a Christmas dinner party. The Ramseys stated getting home from the party around 9.30 that night. Jean-Benet was so worn out, she fell asleep on the way home, and John Ramsey had to carry her to bed in her upstairs bedroom. Scott Gibson, who was a neighbor to the Ramseys, states seeing a light on in the Ramseys' kitchen at midnight, which would be December 26th. Another neighbor, Melody Stanton, allegedly heard a scream coming from the Ramsey home around 2 a.m. on the 26th, followed by the sound of metal hitting concrete sometime after the scream. Melody would later backtrack her original statement and say it was actually two days prior when she heard the scream, or if even at all. December 26th, the day after Christmas, at 5.30 a.m., Patsy wakes up and makes her way down the back staircase from the third floor, passing Jean Benet's bedroom on her way to the spiral staircase leading to the kitchen to make some coffee. That is when she noticed it. A three-page note laying on the bottom step of the spiral staircase. Every parent's worst nightmare. The kind that makes your heart drop into the pit of your stomach. The note claimed to be from a small foreign faction. They had kidnapped Jean Benet and were demanding a very precise amount of money, $118,000, which just so happens to be the amount John Ramsey received as a Christmas bonus that year. Patsy makes the 911 call at 5.45 a.m., followed by a call to her friends, including the Whites, whom they had just visited the night prior. The first officer to arrive on scene was Rick French at 5.59 a.m. Between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m., CSI, victim advocates, as well as family friends have all arrived. Quite the houseful all gathered in the Ramsey's living room right off the front door entrance. Detective Linda Arndt arrives to the home at 8.10 a.m., and you will hear me refer to her later. FBI agent Ron Walker is contacted by Boulder PD at 8.15 a.m. The house was chaos. Police and detectives didn't know exactly what they had on their hands. They had a frantic 911 call, a missing child, and a ransom note. A statement from a police officer on scene recalls Patsy in the fetal position, wrapped up in a ball on the couch. John, however, was cool, calm, and collected, and seemed to be more like someone in charge. The ransom note was then presented to detectives, which immediately raised some red flags. For one, the ransom note was handwritten, three pages long. The amount of ransom was very specific, $118,000. 
The letter was addressed to Mr. Ramsey. There was no reference to Patsy in the note. The note states they would be calling that morning between 8 and 10 a.m. to give delivery instructions for the ransom money. The ransom note reads, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier delivery pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you to not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use the good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. S-B-T-C. Police inside and outside started searching the premises to see if there was any sign or any way an intruder could get into the home. There was no signs of struggle or signs of forced entry. The house seemed to be intact and exactly as it was left the night before. John and Patsy stick to the story that they last seen Jean Benet when they carried her right to bed at 9.30 p.m. John Ramsey then decided to head upstairs to wake up son Burke, who had slept through the commotion, to inform him that his sister had been kidnapped. They drove him down the street to a friend's house for the day away from the chaos. 10 a.m. came and went. No call from the kidnappers. Around midday, still no call. Most police had left and returned to headquarters to 
better evaluate what kind of situation they were dealing with. Around 1 p.m. that afternoon, the only detective left on scene was Detective Linda Arndt. With a living room full of family friends, the family's minister, and frantic parents, the tension began to rise. Everyone was getting antsy for answers or call. This is when Linda Arndt makes the call to instruct John Ramsey and his friend Mr. White, the host from the night before Christmas party, to search the house one more time. The two were instructed to scan the house and look for anything out of place, moved, or out of the ordinary. John Ramsey starts in the basement, walks to the storage wine cellar, a roughed-out solid concrete wall and floor-cold room. John opens the door, turns on the light, and there on the floor, wrapped in a white blanket, with her blonde hair visible, lay Jean Benet. In John's own words, he states he picked her up and screamed. They kind of scream like in a bad dream. You are terrified and open your mouth and nothing comes out. Mr. Ramsey was in shock. He carried Jean Benet upstairs where everyone was gathered in the living room and laid his daughter's body on the floor. Rigor mortis had already set in. This happens when joints and muscles stiffen, usually a few hours after death. Detective Arndt leans over the body to check for a pulse, looks up at John and says, She's dead. Patsy Ramsey began screaming and crying profusely, as described by the investigator. It was the sound of a mother's wail. Mrs. Ramsey began rocking back and forth on the floor, holding Jean Benet's body. Around her neck was a garrote, as described in a previous case of mine. It was crafted with a nylon cord and a stick of some sort, wrapped around her throat and pulled tightly, so tight it left rope burns. Her hands were bound, and duct tape covered her mouth. Everyone else in the room was silent. No one could find the words to say. What do you say when you know nothing will make the situation better? This was no longer a kidnapping. This was a murder. The body was hidden in the home the entire time, right under their feet. So why leave a ransom note demanding money if killing the little girl was the plan all along? This home was set up as a kidnapping headquarters filled with friends, police, investigators, walking, searching, and touching everything. And now it's a contaminated crime scene. Potential evidence is now mixed amok with numerous fingerprints, shoe prints, touch DNA, so police then asked everyone to leave the home so that they could properly secure the crime scene. The Ramseys weren't taken into custody and taken down to the police department for official statements. Instead, the Ramseys made their way to their friend's home, and not just for the day, but the next several days. Within those next several days, both Ramseys lawyered up, each with their own separate lawyers. These high-powered, expensive lawyers advised their clients to not speak to the police 
and they didn't. Along with hiring lawyers, the two hired press and PR representatives to help craft statements, all without sitting down for a formal interview to assist law enforcement in finding who killed their daughter. If in fact you were innocent, why would you keep quiet? Why not cooperate with investigators to find this criminal walking the streets freely? December 31st, 1996, back in Atlanta, Georgia, Jean Bonnet was laid to rest in the exact church she was baptized just five short years prior. It was captured on video inside the service and the cemetery service. There was a huge crowd gathered to honor Jean Bonnet and her short life that brought so much joy to everyone she met. People started to talk and wonder why the Ramses were able to leave the state without giving investigators a formal interview. Police stated in a news report they had no grounds to detain Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey. They weren't being charged. They had no legal grounds to prevent them from leaving the state, let alone attending their own daughter's funeral. On January 1st, 1997, the Ramseys decided to talk. It just wasn't going to be with the police. One day after their daughter was laid to rest, Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey sat down for an interview with CNN right in Atlanta, Georgia. No interview with police yet, but ready to talk on national television. You can find this interview and many others on YouTube if you are interested in listening. Here's a quote from Patsy in the interview. There is a killer on the loose. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a he or a she. But if I were a resident of Boulder, I would tell my friends to keep your babies close to you. There's somebody out there. In my own opinion, Patsy Ramsey appeared drugged up, very monotone, poker face. John Ramsey seemed almost irritated with Patsy. You could notice a little tension in the way that he looks at her when she talks. John Ramsey stated in the interview they were going to sit down with the Boulder police when they returned home and that they wanted the police to know everything possible that can help them with the investigation. Boulder officials were interviewed following the CNN interview matter, and they stated the department was shocked the interview took place, and it was outside of their knowledge of this interview even taking place. When the Ramseys returned home to Boulder, the media was waiting for them, and so were the police. This is when the media gets a hold of video footage of Jean Bonnet competing in her beauty pageants. Footage showing Jean Bonnet dressed in mature-like clothing a young woman would wear. She had her hair done up big with full face of makeup and a lipstick. These images, especially following such a horrendous crime, almost painted these pageants as sexualizing a young six-year-old girl. Remember, back in the 1990s, these beauty pageants weren't as well known and popular as they are nowadays with TV shows glorifying the pageant lifestyle. The Ramseys got a lot of backlash after the footage was released to the public. 
the world seen Jean Benet as this little girl in her beautiful costumes, and the case became a media frenzy. It was sensationalized. Every newspaper cover and every news channel was painted with her face, her elegant wardrobe, walking across the stage for everyone to admire her. All the reporters, producers, photographers, and tabloids wanted to get a piece of this case. Who killed this six-year-old beauty queen? If you want to find out, you are going to have to join me next Wednesday for part two in the JonBenet murder series. You know what time it is. That's right. It is time to lighten the mood with some really corny jokes of mine. Actually, I've got some Christmas jokes and puns for you guys this time. Which of Santa's reindeer has the worst manners? Rudolph. Get it? Rude-olf? No? Okay, next. How do angels greet each other? Halo. (laughs) What does Santa suffer from if he gets stuck in a chimney? Claustrophobia. What's a snowman's favorite breakfast? Ice Krispies. Okay, last one. What kind of motorcycle does Santa ride? Holly Davidson. Okay, I lied. One more. One more. One more. What's the difference between snowman and snow ladies? Snowballs. I will be taking a Christmas break the week of Christmas and the following week for New Year's. I really want to just spend this time with my girls and my family and I have a sweet baby niece that is going to be born any day now. So I'm going to use up as much time as I can snuggling her and enjoying myself. I will not be bringing back the conspiracy theory episodes until the Jean Benet murder series is over. And then what I will do after Christmas and New Year's break, I will come back and alternate weekly on true crime cases and then alternating the next week to conspiracy theories. As of right now, I am just super busy and I can definitely pop out two episodes a week. It is just going to be very difficult and I want to give you guys a little longer episodes and really good quality content. So let me know what you guys think. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram at Pocketful of Crime. I do have a Facebook page up now if you aren't following me on there already. It is the same screen name, Pocketful of Crime. I post pictures of each weekly case so that you can put a face to the crime. Either of these platforms, as well as my email, you are welcome to reach out and request any true crime cases or conspiracy theories that you would like to be featured in a future episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, be sure to give me a like, comment, share with a friend, and give me a rating. I want to wish you guys a very merry holiday season and new year. I know that this time of year can be very lonely. 
this is going to be a difficult holiday season for my family and I. This is the first holiday season without my dad. Don't forget about my weekly challenge for you guys today. Go give somebody a compliment. Go give somebody a hug. Go tell somebody they're awesome and they're doing a great job at life. Until next time, stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, Mom. <laughs>